back, everybody, to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of being joined by Pradeep Sasidharan. How are you today, Pradeep? Very good, and congratulations for pronouncing my second name, or my surname. That's that's a very good pronunciation. Well, I appreciate you giving me the cliff notes behind the scenes, or I would have yeah. butchered that one. So teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, you can see you're very uh, veteran editors and scriptwriters. <laughs> yeah, never assume you know what something, how something's pronounced, right? Because it's the one time you assume that you get it wrong. Yeah. I'm so happy uh, to have you here. You know, I, I've read some of your story. I don't want to steal any of your thunder, though. So if you'd be so kind, please tell everyone just a little bit about yourself, your background, and then we'll we'll dive into some questions. Yeah. So uh, currently, I'm the CEO of my own company. It's Donsville. It's a global company. We concern e-commerce. But I have a very interesting background. So around probably eight months ago, my friends have always encouraged me to be on podcasts and tell my story. I'm like, ha. Ah. But um, I describe myself as a serial dropout. Started life as a war refugee, got smuggled on a fake passport to the UK by my mom, a brave woman, settled in social housing, got around with the wrong people, the wrong crowds, the wrong gangs. And I liked reading, I liked learning, but I hated studying. So I really dropped out of high school. So I, I used to tell my students and mentees and so forth and my workers when I was a corporate VP that studying and learning and writing are two different things. Anyway, I dropped out of high school, was in sales, going to a serious fight at 21. By the way, all your listeners can hear the full story in different podcasts. So I'm just condensing it because we can concentrate on the writing stuff and the publishing. At 21, going to a real big fight, going to a coma and I woke up and I said, hey, I didn't see God or any angels. I'm saying, what am I doing with my life? So I just done what I say to people now. It's a numbers game. I made three phone calls. A kind of community college accepted my application. Put my head down at 21. You know, made more phone calls for master's scholarship at Imperial College. Then I went to Oxford for a PhD. Then I went to Harvard. So I really went from a dropout and literally no education to Harvard in seven years. I learned that the system and everything people really think about academia, writing, uh, publishing, and talking is totally different. <laughs> and then I realized, hey, can I do something different here? And I scripted my own career. Instead of doing a traditional kind of career pathway, I went to countries dead broke. I went to Israel, France, and the US on a Fulbright scholarship to Harvard. And I learned techniques in writing scientific material and techniques in science. I bring it all back. And I said to the UK, hey, can I have some money? They're like, no, kid, you're still too young. So then I made 272 phone calls. And I ended up in China. And there I discovered the drugs I was talking about in 18 months, where the West told me it takes 30 years. So then I dropped out for the third time. So I dropped out from high school, dropped out from traditional academia, dropped out from professorship and like, research into business development into in the science world and I learned very much in how finance works how money works and there is when I miss science so that's when I started writing a lay kind of books so I had an interest in gut health we're doing gut health acquisitions for business development purposes 
of companies and also you know, we're looking at IBD and gut health diseases. So I thought, hey, let me write something free. Instead of all this success stuff, let me write something in the gut and anyone can read. So I wrote a very basic gut health book using my academic specialty. And also I wanted that to be free and available for anyone. So I put it, I think, 99 cents on Amazon Kindle, very cheap. So that's when I got the taste of publishing apart from academia. And then I realized, you know what, uh, I got stuck in the pandemic. I pivoted as another story. So I had my fourth dropout. Now I dropped out of corporate world and I started my own e-commerce company. So now uh, because of the financial freedom I have, the way I give back is go on these podcasts, talk to anyone. I got a very variety of specialties, including health and fitness as well. So I talk to anyone and everyone, tell my life story, really, you know, I know now from the feedback, one or two people are picking up different things. Like a kid in Tehran said, hey, I heard your life story. I applied for a PhD in science and I got it. So from Tehran, Iran, he's going to the UK for a PhD. I took a girl from Lucknow village in India to do some science writing. She's loving it. So she's got a publishing contract somewhere in the Middle East now. So you never know who you're inspiring and what you're doing. A girl from the Midwest contacted me America and now she's doing a PhD at Oxford so uh, really uh, this is what I've, I love doing just talk about any subject I have my experience drop some wisdom if it called if it's called wisdom and um, that's why I'm here because I you know I, I published a lot I've done some books and so forth quite interesting story so I thought hey let me go on this podcast because you know you do realize and I said to myself I am from a dropout and I wrote books so I said, well, how did I do that? And how I can, how can I tell others you can do that as well? You don't, you don't need exact specialties or, or, or amazing grades or specialist knowledge. Yeah, you know, what you need is an idea and a pen. I love that. One of the big things I took away from, I mean, there's a lot of things that I took away, but something that really resonated with me, like you, I loved reading. I loved learning. I could not stand studying. Like I was that guy who'd fall asleep in class. Yeah. Nothing for me, but we're, we go through life told what we're supposed to do, Mm. what you're expected to do. You've got, you've got to follow this particular path. Otherwise, you know, bad things are going to happen. You're going to wind up hanging out with the wrong people. You went kind of the opposite way, right? You, You were in those circumstances, you, and you still decided you weren't going to do what everyone said you should do. You, you made the decision to drop out four different times of things that most people never would dream about giving up on. Yeah, because um, you know once you master something or go through a hurdle in one kind of area, you're like, oh, all I'm doing is fear, facing the fear and, and what the opinions of others might be. And when you defeat that kind of barrier, you can go anywhere and do anything. And, and you know... Um, I remember the first piece of work that I wrote um, that inspired me actually saying I'm good enough is that in my community college, when I went back to studying, I wrote a piece of an essay on the cell biology. And I still room Lorna Tinworth, if she's watching. Hey, how you doing, Lorna? She was a lecturer and she gave me what we call a first class. I think I got 78%, which is a high first class, which is like a, the best grade, like distinction. I don't know what your terms are in college in the US. Um, so I'm like, oh crap, I can reach this level and she said brilliantly written concise to the point and simple and uh, so 
you know, I think writing and getting things written and kind of rehearse and editing is, is a way of life as well. So you just keep going at it. And, you know, that inspired me. So I thought, you know what, it, you can do a lot of things if you just keep going and just face the hurdles and just not listen to traditional norms. So for you, it's clear that you enjoy giving back, right? And you develop these drugs, which I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about, and, and you can come back to that specifically, but at what point did you realize that you had so much knowledge, you just had to share it with other people? Yeah, um, most of the knowledge now is like, yes, I have specialist knowledge in osteoarthritis or orthopedic diseases or immunology or e-commerce and business acquisition and growth. But most of the time people ask me is, hey, how did you overcome this? What was your mindset? What did you do to do this? Or why did you do this? So it's more of the personal development stuff. Um, so when I realized, hey, a lot of people are not lacking uh, background or, you know, you know, riches or networks, what they're lacking is self-esteem and self-confidence. So when I gave back and I saw results, and also I had students from a very young age at 24. And so that's when I realized, hey, you know, I can give back and I love doing this. I'm doing this for free. And that's what inspires me. And, I, and it keeps going. I have, I have a quote. I like quotes, uh, making quotes up. I say, the legacy is not what or who you leave behind, but what or who you leave behind that can inspire to have, leave a bigger legacy than you. So, so it's about people that can actually you leave behind that you inspire to actually do better than you. That's what true legacy is, because if you raise the bar and say, hey, I don't know this, that's pretty much nothing. For the human species to go ahead, you need to know that the bar is risen because you are here. Thank you for tuning in to the Pen Podcast, produced by Pen for Hire. Do you struggle with finding affordable and reliable proofreaders? Are you tired of the AI software that doesn't always understand human language? Pen for Hire has an extensive network of professionals we can refer you to to help. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. I love that. In fact, one of the things I usually tell people and anyone who will listen is books from, from where I sit and from what I do for a living are one of the best ways to create that legacy that you just mentioned, because no matter how many people we touch while we're alive, we can only touch so many people. And those people can only touch so many people. But when you're able to clearly and concisely put that knowledge in the same way it would be when you're conversing with somebody into writing, that will stand the test of time and you can touch an infinite number of people. Yes, uh, and that's very important. Actually, uh, I'm talking to my team about writing more in terms of the personal development and story kind of aspect. But yeah, I really wanted to touch upon the gut health when I was a scientist and going through that space, saying, how can I give back for a diverse amount of people? And I felt that most of my success has come down to the weightlifting and the diet and the discipline that allowed me to go into other fields with it, just solid discipline. But I thought if people can get their gut health and health in check, everything else will flow very well. And also, gut health is a topic that um, food is a topic that anyone can talk about, a rich, poor white, black, brown, or whatever culture, wherever country. So food, gut health and health is something that we can pick up. So books can inspire. And it's, and it's how, how much the message can touch a lot of people. 
Yes, it, it's that ripple effect, right? Where it just, it keeps going and growing and it becomes this organic movement on its own. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love the, the gut health thing. Like two years ago, I would have been like, really, what are you talking about? But one of my own personal business consultants, that, that was one of his top things before you could even get into mindset and was you've got to take care of your gut. You've got to you know, put the right things in there. You've got to walk after eating. And just the difference it made in my own life in terms of focus and overall health. Like I was able to lose a ton of weight, feel better, have more energy to run my business. And it's not something I ever in a million years would have thought about. And most people aren't preaching it. No. And, um, you know, it all starts in the gut. And, you know, you are what you eat. And I, I like to say you are also what you digest. <laughs> or, or can't digest. Yeah. Oh, can't digest. Yeah. I'm curious from your background, and I don't want to get too far off topic here, but as, as a scientist and a researcher in gut health and, and someone who's well-traveled, what, what are you seeing as the biggest differences around the world? Because I know here in America, we are notoriously known for probably eating the worst out of any country. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their kind of do's and don'ts. Everyone knows, fundamentally, everyone knows what's good or bad, right? And every culture has its healthy food and norms and uh, kind of philosophies about what's good or bad. And also, I think it, there's nothing wrong with that because with the gut health, I'm writing a book, um, but I'm very aware and I tell people, look at what's available in your local area or environment and what your cultural knowledge is saying and your history is saying, because those actually are part of your genetics or part of the environment that you feed into. Uh, obviously, you're going to be a migrant somewhere, but you've got to listen to those things as well, because I say to people, you can run away from home, you can run away from your family, you can run away from a loved one, but you can't run away from your genetics. You just can't. Uh, the, and you can't even change it and alter it, contrary to what people are saying now. So the, the, to, to your question, I say, look at your environment and look what's happening here and what you can do locally and organically and what's actually in tune with you. And it doesn't matter where you are, you've got to experiment. You know, I went through tons of diets. I went through everything. You've got to experiment and you know what's good for you eventually. Right. Your, your body will tell you. And I, yeah. I love what you said about everyone knows kind of inherently what's good and bad. Um, and there's this game we'll play with ourselves. I, I joke when you go to like McDonald's and you see someone order the largest possible meal on the menu and they get it with a Diet Coke and, and they think they just uh, made a wise nutritional choice for the day because they yeah, didn't get yeah. a full sugared soda. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm a man of balanced philosophy. If if you're on a, a normal diet working out and you want a cheap meal or treat yourself, you know, I stopped by a McDonald's or five guys. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, but don't lie to yourself about the diet soda. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that's what I was exactly going to say. But, you know, it's not everyday thing. I think and inherently, you know it. But th that discipline to beat it, by the way, is, is what I think learning and education and reading will help to do. So I like the way you just tied that in for me because I wanted to come back to that big question people ask you all the time, which is around that mindset. So what are some of the things you have told people who come to you for advice? Because there's a big difference between knowing what I should eat and how often I should eat it and how much of it I should eat. Ver and I'm just using that as an example, right? Because there's also in business, there's a big difference between knowing how many hours I should work and how many of those phone calls I should make. 
And then the resolve, the mindset, the determination to actually do it. So what do, what do you tell the people who come to you with that question? Yeah, a couple of things, actually. It's a good question. Number one, I come back to what I said earlier, experiment. I'm, I, I, I might be a guru or an expert, but I know vaguely. Only you know your body very well. Experiment and do something wrong, do something good, right? But it comes down to basics. It comes down to calories, right? How many calories are you consuming for what goal, right? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie, right? You've got to have a measurements, right? For success, you need numerical measurements. So calories and in terms of how many of those vegetables and proteins you're getting compared to your macronutrient proteins and carbs and fats and so forth. Well, you don't have to go scientific. You just have to say, how many meals am I eating? Do I feel bloated? Can I restrict three hours before you know, sleeping in the night to my last meal, right? Can I take away the snacks? Can I cut down the alcohol? Very basic things that uh, people actually don't know, right? In, in my book to research it, no, I, I realized that a lot of people do not know what certain names of certain vegetables are. I realized that the reading age in some countries is just nine, right? Average reading age. So these things, you know, you have to understand that sometimes you just have to keep it very basic. Count your calories, look at what kind of nutrition nutrition you're getting, single food ingredient meals, right? Try to cook at home, try to eat three or four hours before bed, take away the sugars um, and take away the alcohol. If you do those simple seven things at the start, it sounds very simple and stupid, but if you really, really pay attention to those things, you lose weight, then you incorporate the fasting and then you incorporate um, some of the other strategies and specific diets. And by the way, go for a carnivore diet, go for a fish diet, go, don't go for a fruit diet. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> you need more other things, but try it out. Try it out. You never know. You might be that one in a thousand people that got it wrong. I'm not against anything. But for me, so far, a balanced diet with less carbs before bed um, helps me very well with 12 to 14 hour, 16 hour fasting. That's what my kind of body is for maintenance. Okay. As you were laying that out, what went through my head is what I tell clients about writing a book, right? I always tell them, hey, writing a book is simple. It's just not easy. And everything you just described, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just not easy to get yourself to the place where you religiously adhere to identifying what the numbers you're going to track are, then actually tracking those numbers and then making sure you're staying, you know, you're not just tracking them for no reason, right? And if I'm eating 6,000 calories a day and now I know I'm eating 6,000 calories a day, but I'm not a professional weightlifter, making those adjustments to bring those calories down. Mm -hmm. that's where the numbers and the bigger goal and medium-term goals short-term goals help right even with all my knowledge if you call it knowledge i struggle to maintain it's easy to cut or gain weight maintenance is very hard right so that's when i i even in my head now said hey i need to go back to a calculator and store my calories now because you know if you have a long-term goal that's the goal i'm gonna lose five what was it for, for you guys in the US is 10 pounds. How do I lose 10 pounds? Maybe a pound a, a week or every two weeks, that's 10 weeks. And how do I do that? Maybe 500 calories to 700 calories deficit per day. So if you can do that, then you break down the long-term, medium-term, short-term goal. And that's when you address it. The, the numbers help. And that kind of numbers, once you achieve it once, allows you to drive forward as well.
and that's not writing books right or a thesis or a paper chapter one chapter two if i get to chapter one i'll tie into chapter two if i get to chapter two tie into chapter three and what helps is actually if you do a contents page beforehand right or a script or a kind of outline thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire have you always wanted to write a book but just can't seem to find the time do you have an amazing story to tell but don't enjoy writing at Pen for Hire, we specialize in extracting the words from your head and turning them into compelling written content. And we do it in your voice. So not only does the story get told, but no one will ever know you didn't do the writing. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to find out more today. And now back to the interview. And what's funny is as you're giving all of these examples, just using nutritional metrics, I'm sitting here thinking that advice is perfect for anything in life, right? If you want to be in business, you need to know your numbers. You need to have your short-term plan, your medium-term plan. You need to know what the goals are. Are you on target? Are you not on target? It all starts with the planning and the numbers. Yes. And also redefining the goals. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted to discover the drugs, right? It wasn't about being a professor or vice president or glory. I realized I had three drugs I discovered, but then I, no one gave me opportunity. So I made those 272 phone calls and an Excel sheet. And I had different columns, you know, uh, name of the person, where they are, what feedback I get. Should I, if I don't get feedback in two weeks, I'll write for another feedback session. If, it's, if they haven't said any feedback, that's a no. So every feedback, every little hurdle, uh, every number you should have feedback as well and that applies to anything in business as well with margins and teamwork and human resources so I, those numbers don't lie and you have to have continuous feedback to yourself and be very self-critical uh, yes thank you and you also said something else i'm just looking back at my notes here that i really feel is so important and coming from someone with such an educational background as yourself i think it makes it even more impactful we myself included, we tend to overcomplicate everything in life, right? Uh, but you said you've got to write the book so that it's, under, so that it's understandable. It's got to be basic. The world can't read at the level you learned at, but that doesn't mean they can't learn from you. So you, I think more so than most, had to figure out, and, and I'm, I'd love to know what that process was for you to take this high level of academic knowledge and distill it down so that the average layperson could understand it. I just, obviously I have this phenomenal, extraordinary life story, but I realized where I come from and how, how I can communicate to a 21-year-old dropout, right? But then if anyone, everyone can reflect, how can I communicate to a 12-year-old me? What, how can I, if I was that 12-year-old, what would I say? At 12 years old, did I know all these complex biochemistry mechanisms? No. What is my audience and how, what will they say? And it's very hard to live outside your kind of skin and look back but that's what you need to do and say hey am i really getting my message across and sometimes with academia and there's a lot of ego and sometimes you forget by the way i'm gonna be very honest with you matthew i'm in some room sometimes i'm like you're looking at people i'm like you're so clever but you seriously do not know who's in front of you in terms of the people and how you talk to, how you communicate, how you break it down, right? That, that's real, not EQ, but what I call SQ. 
a spiritual quota awareness. You need that awareness for every word you write and every sentence because everything has to tie in and make it very simple. So what I have exercise saying that I look back at a 12 year old me and say, can a 12 year old me understand this? Or I'll kind of imagine that I'm lecturing to a group of 12 or 13 year olds and I'm saying, hey, this is what this uh, thing does or this is what this is. is. And then you explain that object, you explain the concept, and then you explain why you're doing it and what the result is and what the next take home message is. And then you tie it in with the next kind of message. That's what allows me to kind of really condense things down to a simple kind of narrative. Because the key is to touch everyone, not just a few, if you want to, that is. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it really just reminds me of kind of, that, that's what the university model is, because they're only there to touch a few. They, not everyone can get in, not everyone can afford it, not everyone is going to, it's not going to appeal to everyone. But when mm. there's someone like yourself who can apply themselves, take something away from that, and then turn around and be able to convey it to anyone, anyone mm. at any level, anywhere, I mean, to me, mm -hmm. that's really where the magic happens in writing. Yeah, and also, you, you have to have the will to do it. Um, I say to people, this world needs all sorts of people. So we need those experts that are singly focused and want to communicate to a specific audience. But you cannot put the pressure on them to say, hey, you've got to write books for the lay to make this actually quite good for everyone, right? So it needs a kind of a person's drive and passion to write these books for audience. So you need that saying, hey, why am I doing this and who am I doing it for? And that's what you need, that kind of mental uh, mindset to do it. And sometimes the university system puts pressures on these professors and academics to write for the lay. So, you know, they have a lay publication. No, if you really want to get into this, you've got to do it because you want to communicate knowledge to a wide range of people apart from the academic system. Um, so that's also a very important side note. We need all sorts, but you've got to do it for the right reasons. Oh my goodness, I love that statement because I've had that conversation with so many younger people that come to me with questions. You know, the books that I wrote were, were geared more toward younger people. And we opened up with something the same. Society kind of tells you what they think you're supposed to do. But not everyone's oh, yeah. meant to go to college. Not everyone's meant oh, to be yeah. a professor. Not everyone's meant to be a doctor. The world needs electricians and the world needs bus drivers and the world needs fitness instructors like if everyone did the same thing and everyone was meant to do the same thing, the world would be a pretty boring place. Oh yeah, it would be non-existent. I think it was Martin Luther King who said, society will be sick without doctors, but probably more sicker, if that's the word, without the bin man, the rubbish collectors, right? You, you, you need all sorts and how society fits in. And, you know, you know, I went from a dropper to a barman to a professor to a VP. So I've seen that journey and I can relate and I say, hey, you know, you need all sorts. Yeah. And you also hit something else that I thought was really important when you said you don't know who else is in the room. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of times too many people, uh, myself included, you're, you're in a room and you just assume, you know, people's story, right. Mm -hmm. Or you're in a room full of doctors and it's like, oh, well, everyone is here, but no one knows that you may be the one in the room who did not come from the background they expected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's been more of the story for me because I sense perception and then I have to go with that perception or then I have to redirect 
my own image and appearance and perception within seconds. And that's also in writing as well. Sometimes I'm writing a paragraph, I'm like, hey, the perception now you're drawing doesn't fit into the last paragraph. So you need to re-edit this. So it's like a room and a conversation and you have to sometimes gear it up or gear it, or, you know, put it, put the gears low um, and then kind of learn what it is. And sometimes, you know, you won't fit into a room, but being in uncomfortable rooms makes you learn a lot more. I, I love that. Sometimes that room that you fit into isn't the room you want to be in. Yeah. yeah. In, in fact, you know, um, I have the same New Year's, New Year's resolutions. And one of them is to get into more uncomfortable rooms this year. You know what? There's your comfort zone, but nothing good ever happens in your comfort zone. You just, yeah, sure. Nothing, nothing bad happens either, but you stay in the same place. You got to get uncomfortable in order to make progress. Yeah. And particularly if you want to, you know, write a book or start writing a book or, getting it done because you know it's very rare that someone's family member has written a book and they're going to take that legacy on so the data from your family and friends is not there so really an author is probably a first generation author and no matter what their background they're diving deep into it so writing a book can be a task uh, but you know people like you and others can you know really help and by the way i had you know a part of it was uh looked after by editable all of it i had you know copyrights i had at times ghostwriters i had you know people you know second reviewing the books i had you know outline um editors and so forth so all these papers people played a role and um, you can't do it alone and um, no matter how bright or how much iq you just can't do it alone i love that yep it does take a village i'm curious as parting advice i've given my opinion on this more times than I can count. So I always like hearing from my guests who aren't necessarily professional writers. What, what would be your advice to somebody who's thinking about starting a book, either to solve a problem or to tell their story? What would you tell them to get started? Just do it. <laughs> just just write, just, just open your word process and just start writing and maybe a paragraph and ask yourself, uh, well, what is the solution and what am I writing and who am I writing to and is this worthwhile uh, by the way time also returns you need some revenue some money or right if that's your case you've got to understand what the metrics are in a business sense but if you if it's for giving back you need to on what audience are you giving back to and uh, you know that paragraph you wrote is it wise to carry on and if you just don't stop go and get help you know, um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I could write decently, but I went and got help. So, but I, I, I tell people just to start writing uh, and look back. Most people just don't know. They, they look back at all your emails and documents from high school, or even if you went to college or whatnot, you probably have some written pieces that you can use as a draft to build upon something. And, and you just don't know. I had a lot of written pieces on God's health from proposals, from emails, from random people. I'm like, yeah, I can copy this, I can paste this. And I've got kind of outline. I'm like, oh, I, I do have words. I've got a thousand words, 2000 words. That's also a secret gem I found out that, that um, there's always some hidden words that you've written, but you forgot about. Uh, I swear people are gonna think I paid you for that answer because that's usually my answer as well. You just gotta start. And huge believer that we all have so much written content that we don't even give ourselves credit for. You said emails. Like, I, I can't believe you said emails because I've said that to people. I think I'm crazy. 
I'm like, yeah. how many words a day do you write for your business, for, for whatever it is that you, you say valuable things in writing all the time, just go back and pull it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and you know what I realized, even if you have a few words, there are inspiration for a lot more words. And then you just build upon those. And then you have a, like a paragraph or your chapter, or you've got a couple of pages and then you buff it up and someone can buff it up and so forth. And, you know, those are the things that help me when I'm really got writer's block or got stuck. I'm like, oh, I've got this in my back pocket. Let me just build upon this. Absolutely. Pradeep, I, I love it. I feel like we could probably do this all day, but I want to be respectful of time and our listeners. So please feel free to tell everyone where they can find out more information about you, your story, um, your book, working with you, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're uh, looking to connect with people on, please tell them. Yeah, I haven't got a product or service to sell. I'm here to help and serve just to spread the word. You know, I like to call people, I like to call myself a serial dropper and no man poly polymath i don't know where i'm going i don't know who i'm speaking to but as long as i can help some people so i'm my name pradeep kumar sasidharan on linkedin connect and message i always try to get back to people and on my instagram twitter facebook is pk sasidharan so the pk sasidharan that's what i who i am and hopefully i can talk to some of you and if i can help i can help here, here for you know serving the people Fantastic, Pradeep. I got to tell you, I'm definitely motivated and inspired to get back to work on my projects after this conversation. I'm sure, I mean, anyone listening who's not inspired or motivated in some way, I, I think they weren't paying attention. So I highly advise reaching out to Pradeep. Definitely use his social media handles, pick up the book. Don't underestimate the importance of gut health. I can tell you firsthand, it has made a huge difference in my life. I mean, I'm going to have to pick up your book just to compare notes with what I've already done because you, I don't think you're ever really there in life. It's still a journey. So we can always constantly improve. But again, I appreciate you taking the time. So motivated. Everyone listening at home, you just spent this time with Matt Harms and Pradeep Sassidharan. Uh, Please reach out, find him, buy the book. We appreciate you guys listening and supporting our guests. And once again, it's been my great honor, Pradeep. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.